You're listening to the GDPR Weekly Show with your host, Keith Budden. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the GDPR Weekly Show. I'm your host, Keith Budden. And as normal, I'd like to start with a uh, warm welcome to our new listeners this week. And this week we have new listeners from London, Manchester, Newcastle-upon-Tyne, Portsmouth, Sheffield, Doncaster, Cardiff, Ipswich, Southampton, Warrington, Nottingham, Guildford, Derby, Darlington, Birmingham, Blackburn, Twickenham, Oxford, Swindon, Wakefield and Glasgow. And also from Frankfurt and Berlin in Germany, from Marseille and Nice in France, from Budapest in Hungary, from Barcelona in Spain, from Turin, Rome and Venice in Italy, from Kanagawa in Japan, and also Tokyo in Japan, from Perth in Australia, and also from Los Angeles, Baltimore and Chicago, all over in the USA. So a big warm welcome to all our new listeners, and of course, as always, a warm welcome too to all my regular listeners. I really appreciate you taking 30 minutes out of your week to listen to the GDPR Weekly Show and catch up on the latest news from the world of GDPR. Just a reminder that this is our last episode of the GDPR Weekly Show for 2018, uh, so I'd like to wish you and your family and your colleagues uh, a very happy Christmas for 2018 and is to a safe and prosperous 2019 for everyone. We'll be back with the next episode of the GDPR Weekly Show on Monday the 7th of January 2019. If you have any suggestions for what you'd like to uh, see or hear in uh, future episodes of the show in 2019 or you have any feedback on the show in general please don't hesitate to email me at podcasts at insurety that's e-n-s-u-r-e-t-y dot co dot uk podcasts at insurety dot uk with any comments or feedback you have and also if there's anything that you need help with in GDPR related please also send an email to that address I do really appreciate receiving all your emails and it's great to hear all your great comments about the show. Uh, I don't have time unfortunately to reply to every single individual um, email that we receive but please do send them in. I do read every single one and also as we head into the new year uh, as a repeat from last week as a if you check the second link after this if you're if you're picking up this podcast from LinkedIn if you check in the second comment after the one with the link where you picked up the podcast from, you'll find a link to our 2019 GDPR checklist. And please do feel free to download your free copy of the Insurability 2019 GDPR checklist. Just make sure that you're carrying out all the actions in 2019 that you need to. And as always, of course, if you need any help with those, please do reach out to us. So in a moment, I'll be telling you what's coming up in this week's episode of the GDPR Weekly Show. Check us out on Facebook. So coming up in this uh, Christmas edition of the GDPR Weekly Show, we have some exciting news about a second podcast that we're launching starting in the first week in January. Then we um, move on to look at the 
news that the ICO is now starting to really toughen up on companies who haven't registered for GDPR when they should have done and that they are now starting to issue financial penalties for not doing so and actually starting to follow up on payment of those penalties. We then have a look at an increase in the number of data breaches reported by stools. We then um, move on to look at an article relevant for Christmas where we look at the implications of GDPR and the use of dash cams in cars. We then have an article about Amazon Alexa and a data breach which has occurred using the Amazon Alexa device. And then finally a positive message to lead us into the new year, a positive message about GDPR and its impact on the staff and fans of Everton Football Club. So, once again, another packed episode of the GDPR Weekly Show. And please do listen to the show. I hope you enjoy it. And I look forward to speaking to you again in 2019. You're listening to the GDPR Weekly Show with your host, Keith Budden. I know that a good number of you are uh, listeners as a result of our activity with Apprentices and our new Apprentice Connections website which launches on the 7th of January uh, 2019 at www.apprenticeconnections.co.uk and I'm pleased to announce that we will be also launching an Apprentice related podcast which no doubt will be of interest to a lot of you. Um, The Apprentice Connections podcast will start on Wednesday the 9th of January 2019, so two days after the launch of the website, will be the first episode of the Apprentice Connections podcast, and we'll do more details about that uh, in the next episode of the GDPR Weekly Show, which, as I said earlier, will be on Monday the 7th of January 2019. We're really looking forward to a second exciting podcast to join our podcast stable and I'm sure for all of you who work in the world of further education courses, apprenticeships, employers and apprentices themselves of course or parents of potential apprentices then I hope that you're going to find our new podcast very very interesting. We're already lining up some great interviews and we're really excited about what that program is going to bring. You're listening to the GDPR Weekly Show with your host Keith Budden. You may remember that three or four weeks ago now, we uh, highlighted the fact that the ICO was starting to get tough on organisations who had not registered under GDPR when they had a legal requirement to do so. And that, as a result of that, the ICO had sent out some 900 notices of intent that they intended to take action against these organisations that they had identified who had not registered for GDPR within the allowed time period. Well, those 900 notices of intent seem to have had some effect, but there are still a hundred or just over a hundred of those um, organisations who, despite having received a penalty notice from, or notice of intent, I should say, 
from the ICO have still not registered under the GDPR as they're required to do by law. And so the ICO is now setting about issuing penalty notices and actual fines to those just over 100 organisations. Now, the size of the fine is going to vary depending on the size of the organisation from £400 at the uh, lower end to £4,350 for larger organisations. And it's entirely at the discretion of the ICO as to where within that £400 to £4,350 penalty any any individual organisation is going to find itself. But when you consider that for small organisations, the um, fee they have to pay is £35 or £40 if you don't pay by direct debit. And then it goes up to £60 and it's only for large companies who um, have more than 250 staff or a turnover in excess of £36 million who have to pay the fee of £2,900. But whichever fee you have to pay, it seems silly to me not to pay that when the alternative is that you risk this fine of potentially up to £4,350. I think there were those people who said, oh, well, the ICO is never going to impose those fines. Well, it's time to wake up because they are and they're doing it right now. And so if your organisation has not yet registered for GDPR or you're not sure that your registration for GDPR is um, correct, then please do either check the ICO website at www.ico.org.uk or contact us at Insurity and we'll be delighted to help you ensure that your uh, registration is all in order. But it is time to take action because clearly the ICO is going to look to find these are the first batch that they're doing um, and doubtless depending on the success of these fines to these hundred or so companies and organisations then we can expect more fines for non-registration to follow into the future. So take this as a warning. It's clearly intended as a shot across the bowels from the ICO that they are serious about companies having to register and make one of the things you make on your New Year's resolution list to get your GDPR registration all sorted and correct. You're listening to the GDPR Weekly Show with your host, Keith Budden. I don't think it will come as a surprise to any of us to learn that since the introduction of GDPR, the number of data breaches being reported to the ICO has increased significantly. In part, I think that's because of greater awareness. In part, I think it's because companies don't start, and organisations start quite sure when or when not a data breach should be reported. But given um, a report that's come out this week looking at schools, it's noticeable that the number of data breaches reported by schools rose from 355 in the second quarter of 2017-18 to 511 in the same period this year. So see quite a substantial increase there, not quite double, but, but nonetheless a substantial increase. Of those incidents reported, the number which the ICO felt needed further investigation rose from 239 uh, last year 
to 353 this year. So 353 since GDPR came into place. And just to put that into context, and perhaps it shows how everyone's becoming more aware of reporting data breaches and also how the, GD, how the ICO are now better resourced to cope with investigating data breaches. Um, having said, it went up to 353 that they're now investigating in educational establishments this year, compared with 239 last year. If we look at the year before that, it was only 26. And I'm sure that that's a mixture of the two, as I say, of, of schools not realising they should report data breaches and the ICO not having the resource to investigate, whereas the ICO now obviously do have much more resource than they had before. It's worth saying that of the breaches that weren't deemed to need further investigation by the ICO, were largely um, what I would call lightweight data breaches in terms of um, letters being sent in the, to the wrong person, information being accidentally sent by email to the wrong recipient, or indeed an inadvertent verbal disclosure of information. But others are being investigated, and I think it will be interesting to see as we move into 2019 uh, just where the ICO draws the line on this in terms of schools and what terms of penalties they look to bring on schools for data breaches. And, of course, if they detect that there is a problem across the wider education spectrum, then we can expect that uh, universities, training colleges and other training providers are likely to find themselves also under the spotlight for possible ICO investigations. So that's something which we will keep an eye on and as soon as we have any more news, we will bring it to you in a future edition of the GDPR Weekly Show. Check us out on Facebook. Just a reminder that as well as the podcast, we now have our own Facebook group. Please do pop along and see us there at https colon slash slash www.facebook.com slash groups slash GDPR Weekly Show. That's always one word, GDPR Weekly Show. And uh, do please come and join the group and follow the discussions that are going on. You're listening to the GDPR Weekly Show with your host, Keith Budden. Beware if you get a uh, dash cam for Christmas. Uh, more and more of us now have a dash cam in our car or van or other vehicle that we can record the activities of other road users and in particular, of course, it's of use if we have an accident. However, um, the ICO is currently looking at the pictures from dash cams and determining where responsibility lies under GDPR and whether indeed there's any need for GDPR to look at um, dash cams and it looks from initial chats with the ICO as if there will be there will be some uh, changes to the legislation or some guidance notes coming out regarding the use of dash cams sometime early in the new year because what they're saying is is that if you look at it there's actually not a broad difference between dash cam and CCTV 
albeit that CCTV is static, that's jammed in your vehicle, but other than that, there's actually very little difference. Now, what they're saying is, is let's look at CCTV for a second. Let's look at the existing situation with CCTV. If your CCTV on your property is on a private property, is on a house, residential property, and only looks within the grounds of the house, i.e. does not show the public street, then there's no need to have any signs up saying that CCTV is in operation. However, if you have a dash cam on the front of your property, which looks out over the pavement or into the road, then you do need to have a sign so that people walking by are aware that potentially they are being recorded on CCTV. Now, if we take that same logic and we apply it to dash cams, at the moment there's nothing that, within the law that says that you need to have notices on your vehicle that your vehicle is equipped with dash cam and people may or may not be being recorded. The exception to that, by the way, is if in a taxi or other vehicle for hire where they might actually have a dash cam that's filming into the vehicle, in which case it does have to be a sign already to warn people in the vehicle that they may be being recorded. But for a normal dash cam, a normal run-of-the-mill dash cam that's just looking out through the windscreen, there's no requirement at all on you as a, as, a, as a driver, as a vehicle owner, to have any markings on the vehicle to show that a dash cam is present. However, the ICO is currently looking at this, and what looks likely from initial soundings is that they're going to issue guidance earlier in the new year, that if you have a dash cam in your vehicle, you must have signs clearly visible on your vehicle so that people are aware that there is a dash cam fitted to your vehicle and that you are recording pictures. Now, why is this important? Well, because what they've said is, is that if you have a dash cam in your car, and I'll take just a private vehicle first for a moment, if you have a dash cam in your private car, and you're the only person who ever looks at those images, and maybe you do it just for curiosity, just to record your journeys, it's unlikely as there actually be any GDPR implication there. However, of course, many of us with dash cams in our vehicle have them there in case we have a collision, be that a collision with a pedestrian, a cyclist, another vehicle, whether it's our fault, another motorist's fault, another road user's fault. But unless we have the dash cam there so that if we have an accident, we can send the footage from the dash cam to the insurance company and hopefully it will help to prove the case one way or the other. But it is in sending it to the insurance company that opens up the potential issue with GDPR because unless your dash cam is very specifically focused just on one vehicle in front of you, which most aren't because that would make it a bit pointless, someone at your insurance company can not only see the vehicle with which you have a collision, but they can also see other vehicles going down the other side of the road. Indeed, they can see the registration plates on those vehicles going down the other side of the road. Or, and it's extreme, they can even see people walking down the pavement. But with all the people walking down the pavement for a moment, concentrate on the vehicles coming the other way. Obviously, by the fact that they, the footage shows the registration number of those vehicles, 
then it's possible to find out who at least the vehicle is registered to and most likely who is likely to be the driver of the vehicle and the ICO is saying that that is likely to be considered to be a data breach because you have no consent from that person to put that information there. Now I think that argument is likely to fail because of the argument of legitimate interest as it's in your legitimate interest as a vehicle owner as a driver to want to safeguard against a claim on your insurance. However, I think it is likely that there will be a ruling that says that vehicles with dash cam are going to have to have signs presumably in the windows of the vehicle stating that there is the dash cam in the vehicle. Now again that's a double-edged sword of course because on the one hand it's satisfying GDPR requirement you're showing that there is a camera in the vehicle. On the other hand if you've taken that camera out and hidden it in the glove box because you're leaving the vehicle parked for a day um, it's a pretty clear in invitation to someone outside the vehicle that somewhere inside that vehicle is going to be a dash cam. Now as dash cams come down in price the temptation to steal them probably gets lower but nonetheless it's you know it's one of those things that like to have the law of unintended consequences so nothing's changing as of right this moment but it is going to change in 2019 so we'll bring you news as soon as the situation there is clarified but i thought it best that given that people are likely to receive a dash down for christmas to have that early heads up you're listening to the GDPR Weekly Show with your host, Keith Budden. Another popular gift this Christmas is likely to be uh, Amazon Alexa. And uh, there have been a number of concerns, I think, over Amazon Alexa and Amazon's use of the data that the Alexa device is recording. But interestingly, so far, there's only been one known data breach that in August this year, a consumer requested information pertaining to their Amazon account interactions from their Amazon Alexa, and they actually received details of an interaction or interactions with Alexa from another user and not them. And the problem was two users whose name sounded very similar and so it looks like Amazon are going to have to find a way of improving the security of Alexa in that case. What actually happened was that the person making the request actually received over 1700 files all compressed into a 100 megabit zip file, 100 megabyte zip file um, from Amazon and Amazon say that they, whilst they acknowledge what happened, they say it was a human error and that they have now um, taken steps to stop that happening again in the future. And as a precautionary measure, they had notified the ICO um, and they were at lengths to ensure that those of us who were notified of this breach were told and were aware of the fact that Amazon had reported this within the 72 hour 
notification period for data breaches set out in GDPR and I think that was a deliberate attempt by Amazon to set themselves apart from Facebook who we know have tended to drag their heels over notifying the ICO over data breaches and I think Amazon there seized the opportunity to say that they were uh, better. Now it's an interesting question this because the other thing that Amazon have asked the ICO to clarify is how much of the data which you share with your Amazon Alexa device and I'm guessing Google Home will come under the same thing but at the moment this is solely Amazon how much of what you share actually constitutes personal data so they've asked for a closer definition of personal data from the ICO so it'll be interesting to see whether um, the ISO rules that everything you you discuss with your Amazon Alexa is personal data or whether only selected things are. And so we wait and see on that. Again, it's one of those things which just um, will no doubt become much clearer in 2019 and as soon as we have an update from the ICO on what conversations with Alexa are considered to be personal data or indeed which aren't and it'd be interesting if they say some aren't as to why they're not um we'll bring that to you in a future edition of the gdpr weekly show check us out on facebook it's easy as a business to focus on the negatives of gdpr but it's important to think of the positives too and i think certainly within our training and i think possibly another broadcast of the GDPR weekly show we've indicated how done correctly GDPR can be a real business benefit and not a business overhead and perhaps a real example of that now has come out in the shape of Everton Football Club. Um, Everton are quite a major football club here in the UK for those of you listening from overseas. Um, prior to GDPR and I find this quite astonishing when I found out this information but I've now verified that it, it is the case. Prior to GDPR, Everton Football Club were maintaining a database of 32,000 season ticket holders just using Excel. They're using an Excel spreadsheet. They kept a lot of information on their 925,000 registered fans, again on a variety of Excel spreadsheets. They kept details of their 360 employees, players and agents on Excel spreadsheets and details of their third party suppliers on Excel spreadsheets. And one thing with which GDPR made them do was accelerate a program which they'd actually had in place for a couple of years but had never been really given the impetus. But GDPR gave them the push they needed to finally convince them that Excel, great a product as it is, and hey, we all use Excel for its spreadsheet functions, is not the best CRM in the world, the customer relationship management system in the world, and indeed was never intended for that purpose. And so I'm sure Everton aren't the only football club, and most certainly are not the only business, 
to have previously run most of their business on Excel, but now realise that under GDPR, Excel really doesn't cut the mustard. Um, and actually moved on to a much more, I'm tempted to say professional, but certainly much more robust uh, CRM solution. And they are now freely saying that whilst it's enabled them to comply with GDPR, which was their, uh, their principal reason for moving to another CRM system, they're also seeing many, many business benefits, as anyone who's moved to a proper CRM system will know. And so, again, it's an example perhaps of how GDPR can just act as that catalyst to get things moving to be better for everyone, not just better for the consumer, not just better for the football fan, but better for the club, better for the business, and better for businesses generally as well. And I think the fact that GDPR is, as I say, done correctly, is a business benefit and not a business overhead, is a strong message to carry forward as we go forward into 2019. You're listening to the GDPR Weekly Show with your host, Keith Budden. So that brings us to the end of this week's episode of the GDPR Weekly Show. I hope you found it useful. I hope you found it entertaining. Please do let me know. Let me have your feedback by sending an email to podcast.insurity.co.uk. You can find out more about us and Insurity at www.insurity.co.uk. And I look forward to speaking to you again, same time, same place, next week. Have a good week, everybody, and remember to keep your data safe. Check us out on Facebook. The GDPR Weekly Show is an insurity production. Follow us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash insurity.